Today's episode is brought to you by you. You. You're the one who makes this happen. How? You go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Alina Robbins. A-L-E-A-N-A-R-O-B-I-N-S. You're the one who makes this possible. So for as low as $3 a month, you can help continue to keep the content that I'm bringing not only to my podcast, but to the Human Roadshow, also to alinasjourney.com. These three are what you're sponsoring and the content that I put on there. Thank you very much, and let's get on with the show. Today on my Facebook, I posed an interesting picture. Um, one that I wanted to challenge people who viewed my Facebook to think about. And it wasn't really anything technical. It wasn't really anything overly scary or anything to make them shy away from the subject matter. But unfortunately, it didn't do what I had hoped it had it should do. So I figured I'd bring it to my podcast. Sorry, my allergies. Oh my goodness, this is the rottenest time of the year for me. Um, I thought I'd bring it back to my podcast to allow, maybe to allow us to hear what I have to say and see if this sparks a conversation. Maybe not through me, but through those of you who you do know, who you do appreciate, and who can understand this point of view. So before I give you this subject, I want to say something that a lot of people over the years have started to say, and I, I really heavily disagree with, and that is there's a way to keep a good friend. And that's not to discuss religion, and it's not to discuss politics. I heavily disagree with this, and it may... It may be that it's time that we stop making that excuse. Maybe it's time that we stop making this reason of shying away from the uncomfortable conversation. Maybe it's time we start talking about it once more with our friends. Hey, you know, I really don't appreciate what Scott Morrison is doing. I really don't appreciate what Trump is doing. Or I don't appreciate what Obama did. Or, or you know, having these uncomfortable conversations allows us to come together as a society and say, by God, you know, I really do think you've got it on the, on, 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 you've got a good point there. And you've hit the nail on the head. I really also don't agree with that. The difference is, is when we talk about a subject and we discuss an open subject where it needs to be discussed, we grow. And that's what they don't want us to do. And that includes religious organizations. They really don't want you to have these open discussions about certain subjects. Like let me pose it a little bit more. This might be a little bit harsh and it might be a little hard for some of my friends and loved ones to quite grasp what I'm talking about. But I think this is something we need to question. We need to look at. And it's not to say that 
your god is real or the god that I believe in or the god that someone else believes in isn't real. This is to question whether or not God is logically real. If we pose this question, people run. They just, nope, not going to go there. Not going to talk about it. Don't want to deal with it. Because they're scared. They're scared of offending someone. And if that person is offended, they need to back up a little bit and say, whoa, 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 wait. Am I too naive to have a conversation about my beliefs and about someone else's beliefs? Am I too scared, too unsure of my belief structure that I must run? I've seen this. I, you know, I'm almost 50, and I've seen this all my life. People stand on their ground and say, no, 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 my God is the only God. Okay. Now, I'm also a very educated individual. I've spent my time, I've read the Quran, I've read the Book of Mormon, and I've read the Bible. Okay, these are three big ones that I've read. I've also studied a bit about Hinduism. I've studied a little bit about Buddhism. All right. Now those two subjects I don't fully grasp yet, but I'm working on it. The difference is I'm trying to educate myself. But I've also taken the time since finding out some of my family history is a little bit more than what my family thinks it is. And I've also did some research on DNA to also shoot around the problem with the DNA test that my father took. So I did my research on all this stuff, and it was rather interesting. And I also have basically my grandmother is Native American. And this came from my, my aunt my dad's oldest sister. And this was backed up by two others. Okay. And I've, I've, so now I've got three people, three people that have said this is the case. This is what their mother told them. So, and my father is not one of them. Now, I, so I went out and I looked and I took the time to study what the Cherokees believe, and I've come back to my own view of God, all right? And I've started to look, and yes, some people could say education is a horrible thing, and I've heard that from a, a religion where they believe that the, the, uh, the knowledgeable man is an enemy to God. I've heard this, and I've heard it being said quite a bit when I was younger while going to church. They warned us of having too much knowledge. But then, when I was 14, I had my eyes enlightened that this is the first time I found that what is said sometimes is nothing but hypocritical. I was told in what was called a blessing at that time that I must receive as much knowledge as possible because in knowledge is power. And I thought to myself, wait a second here. I have one set of leaders all telling me up and down that too much, that the learned man is the enemy of God. But now I have another leader telling me 
right to my face, I must learn. I must learn, learn, learn. I must learn all that I can because knowledge is power. And it walked away, and it beat me in the head. And this whole blessing did for years, and I mean years and years and years. And I, and I, I just could not link 1 plus 2 to equal 3 on this whole conversation. And over time, it did not add up. And I'm not angry. I'm just saying that this is my walk in faith. Now, I walked away from that 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 really belief structure for a number of reasons. And I'm, I'm open about it, and I'll talk about it if anybody ever asks me. I'm not trying to shoot them down. I am not trying to say that they are not real. I am not trying to say that they do not have a right to their belief structure. Because that would be wrong in itself. Because I believe everybody has the right to believe how, who, what they will believe in, as long as it does not interfere with my life, my children's lives. These are my core people, my children and I. My daughter who lives in Melbourne believes one way. She believes the way that we were once as a family practicing. And I love my daughter, and I support her in her belief structure. I don't approve of it. I don't approve of it, but I support her because she's my daughter and she believes in it. And that's okay. Now, my family also believes the same way my daughter does, but believes differently. Now, see, this, this is what really has always bothered me. And a lot of people may not understand it, may not agree with me in saying that. But I once had my mother tell me, straight to my face, and this this has always burned my chaps. This was on the – she came down for a visit shortly after my um, son was born, Gabriel. And she said, you know, the members in America are more righteous than the members in Australia. And I thought to myself, whoa, wait a second here. Whoa, 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 whoa. And I looked at her and I said, really? I'm not going to get into this. This is my day. This is my son's day. Because we were going to church and we were going to give Gabriel his blessing, which in the church is a big thing. And it's something that connects parents to their children. Um, and it, it's it's a big, big thing. But it, it's not done unless you're born. So, it, I mean, born into the church. Um, it's not something that's given to, like, a convert that has been brought into the church. So I finished, and I was really angry with my mother because she kept, she she said that on my day with my son. And and this was a day that I was trying to be connected to my child. And I, I really wanted that moment to be about something that I felt was important at the time. And I wanted my son to feel important at that time.
and I and it was it was, still was it was still kind of it was still magical, even though I don't believe that way anymore. It was a magical moment for my son and I, and I repeated it with my other son and my other daughter. And to me, it was just it's it's a magical moment. Um, whether that moment, I believe my belief structure still sits that way. It's still a moment in, in time that I will remember for the rest of my lives because it's still my words and my hopes for my child. Now, I fervently believe that as we as a society turn away from the unwillingness to have these conversations, that we lessen ourselves as a society. And this same also can be said about political discourse. We need to be able to say, you know, I really don't like Scott Morrison for bringing in that chunk of coal into the parliament. I think that was just as bad as Pauline Hansen wearing that hijab into it. And she thought it was a joke. It wasn't a joke. It was an insult, not only to an, a religion, but to everybody that is in the parliament. Now, whether you like the hijab or not, I personally do not like things that cover people's faces. I have no problem with headscarves. Okay? I, I, it doesn't bother me. Like, I was in the grocery store, and there was this group of young ladies with their mother. And they were all wearing a white headscarf. And they were Christian, so it has no issue of which belief structure. I'm using them as an example. Now, I drive my son to school, and I drive my other children to their school. They're on two different ends of the town. But when I drop my son off, I come back the opposite way. I, come, I start coming back towards home. Um, and we passed by a school that's really multicultural. And the school that Gabriel, my son, in high school is going to is also multicultural. There are young women who are Muslim who are covering their hair. All right? I have no problem with this whatsoever. Just the same way as I do not have a problem with those lovely young ladies and their mother that were wearing headscarves and coals, which is a supermarket. Why? Because of the same doggone thing. Same thing right down the line. And if you cannot make that distinction, then you're an idiot. And I'll tell you why. Because you seem to have been programmed to think that the religion of Islam, all right, we're not going to call them Muslims. We're going to call them, well, we can call them Muslims, but, but, of Islam, the practice, the, the religion is Islam, all right? The believers of Islam believe in headscarves for women or hijabs or whatever. I don't agree with hijabs because of the face thing, and I, I believe in the police. They need to be able to see who they're dealing with, and there has been issues in the past. Not a lot, but there has been issues. So, and I don't, I, I think we need to support healthy discourse in a country that is ours, all right? And if you want to argue that, let me let me bring this back. There's a saying, when in Rome, all right? We accept that we have nuns, 
they wear the habit. We accept that headscarves on Orthodox Jews. We accept headscarves on, uh, I believe it is the Dutch Christians, or the uh, it, it's it's a group. You're getting my idea. There, I can give you a couple more, but I'm not going to really get into it more. But there's also some Hindus that wear headscarves. There's, you know, we have all these religions in a multicultural society that we accept. So one more is not going to change anything. And anybody that wants to get angry about it needs to pull their head out of their bum because it doesn't make any sense. And yes, I called you an idiot for not seeing that because it really doesn't make sense. And if you look at that and went, wait a second, I'm going to stand back <laughs> from the topic and I'm just going to look at a whole bunch of women, no colors on their skin, no ability to look at their faces. I'm just going to look at the head scars. And then I'm going to walk through and I'm going to choose which is which religion. And I guarantee you, you're going to hit one or two that's going to be wrong. The none you're kind of going to get because it's just, it's black, it's white, it's not hard to miss. Um, but I've also seen black head scars on Muslim women. All right. And, and that's okay. That's, 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 that's perfectly fine. But you may get those two mixed up. And how would you feel if you got one of those wrong? It wouldn't matter. Unless you're going to be anti every single one of those women and anti every single one of those religions. Now, we can dig a little bit deeper here. There's even religions out there that wear certain type of underwear. Okay? We know which one it is, and we're not going to sit here and point fingers at them because I don't want to. We even have yarmulkes. Okay? That Jewish men wear. All right? We have other types of headwear that other Orthodox men wear. Hats. Believe it or not, if, if you go to, like, America and you go to where the Amish are, the men are wearing hats. Okay? We can go back in time. We can see the Puritans. Hats. You know, we even watch women on TV who are in a show... You know, called the Hands Maiden Tell, where they are wearing head scarves. All right? You cannot get, there is no logical reason to get mad at a woman who is a member of the Islamic faith for wearing a headscarf. It does not compute. And I think that the more we run from this topic and the more we run from the other topics of, of religion versus politics and say the only way that we can keep good friends is by not discussing that. No. It's like in America. I, I ran into this today. Um, I was talking to some friends that I was gaming with. And the subject came up of socialism. Socialism has gone through a lot of changes since it was first created. We believe that we need to have open and free elections. Does not exist. It does not exist. And anybody that thinks otherwise really hasn't taken the time to look at the corruption that exists around those elections. 
America, oh my gosh, don't even get me started on how corrupt that is. You voted in Donald Trump. What the? And don't get me started on the donkey votes that we get here in Australia by thousands of individuals who draw a penis on the voting card. It takes you two seconds to draw a penis. It takes you two seconds to number one through how many. It's not the difference. You may not like either one, any one of those on that list. You may hate them, every single one of them. But I guarantee you the penis on the card will get you someone you don't want even more. Because you have no voice. None whatsoever. I vote in the United States. I don't vote here in Australia. Yet. But when it's my time, I will. And I will not shirk my responsibility, my duty, to vote correctly. Because I am not that type of a person. I voted in the last election in the U.S. I will vote in 2020. The reason for this is I need to make sure that my voice is heard. You may not agree, and that's okay. doesn't change who I am. I'm still the same person that's your friend. I'm still the person that's on this podcast talking to you about this. But like this gentleman said, he was dead set against socialism. And I said, what, what's so wrong with it? And his argument was the $15 an hour burger flipper in America. And his, his backup was... And, and I respect this individual. I respect him. I really do. So get this. Don't worry. This is not a, a dig on who he is. This is me voicing my opinion about what he said. All right? And this is healthy. And he said, you know, I'm a machinist by trade. And I make so many dollars an hour. Now you're going to tell me some burger flipper is going to make $15 an hour. And that's half of my wage. And I thought for a second here, and I, I think that what's going on in America is they're not educated enough about what's going on. And this education process is how much does it cost the government to pay for welfare for that $7 an hour burger flipper? And who did put that $7 an hour burger flipper on the welfare line? It's pretty obvious. It's pretty simple. The corporations. So the corporations, it's like what's going on. It's um, You have Walmart in America who's paying pennies for their employees. But their poor, poor employees, and I do mean poor, may be working two, three jobs and still not able to pay the bills. Their kids suffer. Their relationships suffer. Society suffers because of the greed of the corporation. And I, I fervently believe that once we start cutting back on some of these bigwigs in America, some of the – I shouldn't say bigwigs. Um, once we start losing some of those flower children, losing some of the – Let's 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 put an age number down. Let's say 60 and above. 
once we start losing some of those people, you're going to be seeing a totally different world. I am X-Gen. And how is this going to impact me? Well, right now, those 60 and above don't want me talking about it. They don't want you talking about it. When we come back at the second half of this show, I want to dig a little bit deeper into this subject. Because I'm also going to – I want to really bring this forward and have you start looking at how you have a conversation with your friends about political views and religious views. Now, I really want to stress this is not an attack on any of my friends because I respect and love them all. I don't always agree with them all, and I hope, I hope and pray they don't always agree with me. And the same thing goes for my listeners. You may not agree with me, but I hope you return the next podcast that I do or view some of the earlier podcasts I have done so that you and I can continue to have wonderful conversations in the future. So before we go to break, um, please take a couple minutes, run to the loo, have a drink, pause this, and come on back. Because I'd love to continue this conversation with you. One other thing. This is only brought to you by you. I can only do these podcasts with your help. We can only have these conversations with your help. For as low as $3 a month, you can continue to help me. You can help me fund not only my my blog, which is alinajourneys.com. You can help fund my podcast. Soon we're going to be coming out with Twitch, which is going to be a little bit different. We thought we were going to be able to stream live games, but we're not. We're going to put up videos instead of, of us gaming so you can look at what we've been doing and having fun with. Um, and you can help me fund some of my books until they get out. And as a, a, a nice thing, those that are helping out, my books are going to be on my, on my Patreon site, which is patreon.com slash Alina Robbins. You're going to be able to read chapter by chapter for $3, as low as $3 a month. Yeah, that's not that hard. And if there's two books in there, still $3 a month. So you've read two books for $3 a month. That's not bad. You might have to read a chapter this month, chapter next month. But it's going to be an interesting story as it goes through. And this is because of you. I'll also be putting my recipes on Patreon. The recipes that I enjoy, that my children enjoy. And I'm going to be putting up, that's going to be in a form of a cookbook that I have been working on. I could really use your support to create this content. Like I said, we're going to stop here. Go take a bathroom break. Grab a drink, come back, sit down, and let's continue. Thank you very much. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for taking the time to have a conversation with me and, and or just a listen. 
and I hope that we can spark some conversations that exist around you and help you not be so afraid to talk about what we're talking about here. And today, as I said earlier, we're talking about religion and politics, two very difficult subjects to talk about. Why are they difficult? Because we're scared, and we have been trained to be scared to simply say, this is my view, or that's my view, and it's okay if you don't like them, and those are your views, and it's okay if I don't like them, because I still like you. Now, I need to also put a pro quo, uh, 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 maybe not a pro quo, but, a, but a, an exception, shall we say, to this. I have no time for fascism. I have no time for right-wing nut jobs who look at a person's skin color and hate them. I have no time for these individuals who see a person's religion as scary. I have no time for you. Okay, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to have a conversation with you. This is different, and I'll tell you why. Because anybody that believes the same way that Hitler believed, the same way that fascists believe, the same way that any neo-Nazi believes is not going to be in a conversation with me because I just don't have time for you. And if you want to be one of these people that you want to use the Bible to try and bash me for being LGBT. I'll have a go at you. I'll rip you to shreds. Because I know the Bible pretty damn good. I also know the Quran pretty damn good. And I also know the Book of Mormon pretty damn good. Come at me. I won't hate you. But I won't let you tear me down. And think that you can use what you misunderstood. Why is that? Because this is part of the healthy conversations. I know my stuff. I've taken the time to learn it. Granted, you may not like my stance at the end of it. You may not like that I said I have no time for right-wing nut jobs. Or people that decide that they can remove rights of other individuals, not only by their their race, but by their color of their skin, by their religion, or even by their sexuality or their gender. I That is not a discussion I'm going to have with anyone. And I also choose my close friends very carefully. The ones that I admire, the ones that I respect, um, I look at them and say, okay, this is a person that I want to be around. Why? Because they will be wonderful for my family. My kids will respect them. I respect them. I may not agree with all their views. Like, I have someone that I highly respect. And she's trans, just like me. And she's in the she was in the military, just like my father. And 
where Kate McGregor came from and where she is now, it's an amazing story. Take the time. Kate McGregor, Australian, um, in the uh, Australian Air Force. Um, her story is really interesting. Take the time. Really, I, I must stress this. Uh, I don't agree with her political views. Not at all. But I find her intriguing to listen to. I, am f I find her views on a lot of things rather intriguing. But when it comes to politics, we don't get along. I lean more towards the left. She means more towards the right. But it doesn't change that I respect her. And I wish only the best for her. I have, like I was talking to you earlier, I was talking to a gentleman today. and We got into the subject about socialism. And we really didn't get an opportunity to really get into it. Why? Because somewhere along the line, we're scared to have this conversation. People go, oh, no, no, this is a politics and religious free zone. No, come on. These are we're healthy adult individuals having a conversation about something that is important to each and every one of us. Religion impacts our lives every time we turn around. And if you don't believe me, you really aren't living in today's world. Politics. You can't turn the corner without someone being angry about a politician. Why? Because the politicians are screwing us over and it doesn't matter which party you're looking at. And we haven't gotten to the point where we start bringing out the guillotine. But it's getting close, and that scares them. And if you don't believe me, remember this old phrase. If you do not learn from history, you are doomed to repeat it. <laughs> Home run. That's what's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Now... Back to this idea of having conversations. This gentleman, we were just on the edge of being able to talk about it, and he left the conversation. Now, and he didn't – it wasn't It wasn't just a simple, okay, we'll talk about this another time. It was, oops, sorry everybody for bringing that up in channel. And it was like, well, I'm not. I'm not afraid for bringing that up on channel. I'm not scared about it. It's just like when people ask about me being trans. I don't care. You want to ask me? Fire away. Find your best question. Bring it at me anytime, any place. And if I don't have the answer, I'll find the answer and I'll get back to you with the answer. Why? Because I'm going to learn too. We need to have these conversations as a society. We need to stop being so damn scared to say, I voted for the liberals, or I voted for the Labour Party, or I voted Green, or I voted Independent. We needed to really stop looking at that and being so afraid. We also need to be stop being so scared of of people who are different in their belief structures. I'm not saying, I, there's not a Muslim out there that I'm scared of. There's not a Hindu person that I'm scared of. There's not a Christian I'm scared of. Okay? It goes right down the list. I even know a satanic, a satanist 
person who believes in Satan. I, I have no problem with him as a human being. I don't like what he believes in. Ooh, no, no, thank you. Uh, not going to go there. But I'm not going to put him on a stake and crucify the guy for, for being that way. Just like I won't do it to a, a Mormon. I won't do it to a Christian. I won't do it to a Hindu, Buddhist, you name it. I'm not going to beat them up for it. It's their beliefs. But we will have a discussion. And I'm not afraid to. Why? Because sometimes maybe I'm not seeing what you're believing in. Maybe you're not seeing that I believe that there is a God. Fervently believe there is a God. We are far too smart of individuals to have crawled out of the muck. To be a roll of the dice to come from apes. For nothing. I'm not saying it didn't happen because I'm looking at the links. And let's say there is a higher power. He rolls the dice and says, this is how I'm going to get these guys out of that muck. I will start it here. Now, the Christians all believe it came with Adam and Eve. Do you know that if you go back to Mesopotamia, you go back to the Minoan civilization, you go back to all these civilizations that existed before Christianity, even before Genesis is written, the time doesn't line up. We're actually finding here in Australia. Now this is this is something that I was like, wow, this is this is something we Australians should grab with both hands and say, oh my gosh, we are so special. That one of the oldest living First Nations exists in Australia. One of the oldest, if if not the oldest, is here. But we're scared to talk about it. We're scared to acknowledge that maybe a book that says 6,000 years ago is wrong. Maybe we're so afraid to say that the Bible is a piece of fiction. Maybe we're so afraid to say that the Quran is a piece of fiction. Because we look at it and say, oh, no, 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 it can't be fiction. Moses really existed. But do you have proof? I know you existed because we have documented proof. I know that Alexander the Great existed because we know where he was born. We know who his father was. We can trace his lineage back through written information. Plato can find him. <coughs> We can find Da Vinci. Can't find Moses. But we can say that maybe Moses did exist. Right? Maybe Moses did exist. Because he's written in the Bible. But what if it's a collection of stories that are passed down, like they said, passed down by individual to individual and individual. But we're afraid to have that conversation. Because we're afraid to offend you. And I don't want to offend you, but I want you to spark. I want you to have that synapsis. I want those two neurons going bing, bang, boom, bomb. And 
you to think outside the box that is already shoved around you, that you sit in. I want you to walk outside, the, the, open that lid and crawl back out of that box and go, I'm going to think about this. I'm going to think about why I'm so angry about talking about politics. I'm going to hop outside my box and start looking at maybe socialism isn't that bad. Maybe democratic socialism is better. Maybe a new form of government needs to be created because we have a broken wheel. And do you have a broken wheel on your car? You go get it fixed. But when it comes to government, we just keep doing the same old doggone thing over and over and over again and wondering why we're going down the road going thumpity, 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 thump. And wondering why we're all getting sore in the neck and sore in the head and sore backs and not going anywhere. That $7 an hour job is not supporting your family. But the $15 an hour job will pull you out of the muck. It won't get you to the top level. It won't make you the richest man on the block. But $15 an hour is a damn good start. Maybe that $15 an hour allows you to go to university where $7 an hour would never I look at Australia. My son, my daughter. I'm going to use my oldest daughter because she was a shining example of a very intelligent young lady who made a choice early on to get a job at a pizza place. She didn't earn a lot. She earned a, she earned enough until she turned about 18. Then she started going to you. She started getting paid a little bit more because she was an adult, and that's the way our laws work here. So it went from fifteen dollars to eighteen dollars an hour. That makes a big difference for a kid. Fifteen to eighteen. She didn't work full time. Okay, she's not gonna work full time because she has a different life. But then she did something even more amazing. She started going to university. And I'm proud of my daughter because when she went to university, she found a job and she worked the job and she worked at, and she went to university. Did two things that are extremely difficult to do as a student. It's difficult to be in university in the first place. It's difficult to work. And then she added in a whole other thing. She went on a religious mission for her church for two years and came back. Then went back to work and went back to school. And then somewhere along the line, this beautiful girl found a wonderful husband. So she's balancing all these things, and I'm thinking this girl has got it made. And I'm proud of her. And if we were to have the conversation about religion or about being trans or anything, I'd have that conversation with this extremely intelligent young lady who's headed for her master's in analytics. Wow, I'm so proud of her. She's got a bachelor's in it, and she's headed for a master's. Why? Because she knows she can do it because she kept trying, and she kept asking the questions, and she kept doing things 
but these are the points that we have in our friends and our family. I have a wonderful friend who we've had some very uncomfortable conversations over the years, but I highly respect him. He helped bring my daughter back from a very dark place. And he did that with jujitsu. And I really, really respect him. Um, but we've had some different, some difficult conversations about religion. We've had it before I left the church that we were in. And we've had a couple since. And I respect him because he understands that even everybody grows. I grew from my leaving that religion. I took the time to step away and go, Okay, I really need to work out these issues. I need to figure out why I think this way. I need to look at it. I need to ask those questions. And all my life I asked those questions, never got the answers that were right. Never made sense. And you know what? They still don't make sense. But I ask the questions, and I've asked them of other people. I've asked them of other religions. And it doesn't mean that I'm getting the right answer. But it does mean that I'm asking and opening the door. And the more I open, eventually the answer will come. It's just like if you were at a library and you needed to research a subject for a thesis that you're writing. You wouldn't grab just one book and go, yeah, that's the answer to my thesis. No, you'd grab hundreds of books, and you'd go through and start pulling out information. You'd start using research. You'd start looking at white papers. You'd start looking at scientific uh, documents. You'd look at everything to compile your thesis on your idea. Whether that thesis turns out to be right or wrong doesn't matter. You went ahead, and you went after it because you asked the questions. And the questions need to be asked, and we need to ask them in civilized conversation with each other. We need to not be so afraid. I wish he wouldn't have left the conversation. I really wish my friend wouldn't have left the conversation. Maybe he could have seen my point of view of why it's so important to have a living wage. Why it's so important to have a living wage. Why it's so important to give everybody basic rights to a good life. Remember, at the bottom of – remember, I believe it's at the bottom of the Statue of Liberty. Give me your poor. Give me your tired. Give me your weary. There is a reason for that time in America. There's a reason before the big banks got involved. Before the Rockefellers took over. Before all these other people took over. And that reason was to create a free society for every person. Sadly, the Native Americans didn't get that opportunity because they were considered savages. Which we know they weren't. There was, there was some pretty advanced tribes, the ten advanced tribes. But there were others that were just advanced, but we were too dumb to look. We have created so many places over the years 
that have to be safe zones. Don't say this. Don't say that. You might hurt someone. I see it in my community as the LGBT. We have to put trigger warnings on things. We have to put, hey, hey, this might be a trigger. And then we have to make sure that as we're wording something that might be a trigger, not to be offensive at the same time. Okay, I'm not saying that it's a matter of respect that we do it. But we also need to toughen up a little bit and realize that, yeah, certain things might trigger, but we shouldn't be angry about those things. We shouldn't be to a point where we're so scared to have that conversation about that item that we have to put that on there, that we have to do something like that. We should put it on there because we respect another individual but not because we have to. It's difficult to have these conversations. I understand that. It's difficult to open the door to religion, and it's difficult to open the door to beliefs. I got Today I was goofing off with my friends gaming and a knock at the door. I fervently believe in being 100% respectable to anybody that knocks on my door. I did not have the time for these two ladies to talk about God. Did not. I was busy talking to other people, and I am not that type of person that is going to break away to have another conversation with another person when I'm already having a conversation with these people. So I said, you know, you're duly welcome to come back another time. But right now, I'm currently involved in something with some friends, and I just don't have the time. Now, there were a few things that when I opened that door, that happened. They looked me up and they looked me down. The first thing that triggered in their mind is, what the heck am I looking at? The second thing that triggered in their mind was the basic thing that I see in almost every single woman that looks at a trans woman. Oh, you're trans. Third thing I saw was the religion kicked in. The religion kicked in and said, it's a sin. You can see it in a matter of seconds. It's like, oh, hi, oh. The face goes bright and shiny. The door opens to, good to see you. Oh, hi. Oh. And you can see when their jaw drops. I've had conversations with about five or six different groups that have come to my door. Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, I've, I've had the Mormons come to my door, I've had the Jobos, I've had uh, whoever this group was, I've had, you know, just tons of them. And I have the same conversation with them. And I listen to their point and I say, okay, so if we're going to have a conversation about religion, let's have a conversation about religion. Let's not just have a scared conversation where you bring up a topic and I have to listen but I don't have the right to challenge your structure. And I've had people when I present, presented this set of rules say, no, thank you. And I was, I'll say to them, wait, 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 please, please don't leave. I'm serious. I want to have a discussion. I'm not trying to make fun. They go, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with what I believe. I'm like, I'm not trying to change your beliefs. 
I'm trying to show you my beliefs while you're showing me your beliefs. And I've done this a lot throughout my life. And I think that we are getting to a point in society where we're too doggone scared. We're too scared to take that time to say, this is mine, that's yours. And together we're okay with that. And it's okay if you challenge my belief structure, and it's okay if I challenge yours. And, yeah, let's see where that leads us as a conversation, as a debate. Maybe we walk away where we're not so secure with what we believe in. Maybe we walk away where we become even more secure with what we believe in. And maybe I'm able to change your mind. Maybe you're able to change mine. But you'll never know until the both of us have a sit down and a debate and a talk about it. I'm not trying to thrust my religion down your throat. And I don't want you to thrust yours down mine. But I don't mind if you talk to me about yours. And even question some of my beliefs. As long as you allow me to do the same thing. Same thing goes for political views. I've had political people come knock on the door and I'm like, okay, let's have a conversation. And as soon as I say it's going to be a two-sided conversation, my conversation to you and your conversation to me, they turn around and they walk out. And I'll never see them again. I've never seen another Jehovah's Witness or a Gideon's come knock at my door ever again. Mormons are still okay. They'll they'll actually have a conversation with me. They may not like my views on it, but they'll come back. I don't know who this group was. A little different. They may come back. They may not. If they do, it'll be well worth it, and I'll have a wonderful conversation. And we'll have a maybe a cuppa, maybe a, a hot cocoa, or maybe a coffee, or maybe whatever. But we'll have a wonderful conversation as a group of people. Maybe a friendship will be made. I don't know. But what do you know about doing the same thing? Give it a try next time someone knocks on your door. Invite them in. Have that conversation. But give them the pretext. Give them the rules. Say, this is how it's going to go. You're going to give yours. I'm going to give you mine. And we're going to see where we sit. Maybe they walk away. Maybe they come in and have a tea with you. Maybe you create a friendship. You never know unless you give it a go. And that, for Mr. Scott Morrison, got to have a go to give to get a go, is where it should be. Well, I wish you all the luck. Have a wonderful day. Um, in fact, have a great weekend because we're coming up on the weekend. Tonight is Friday for me, maybe Thursday for you, maybe Friday morning. But have a great weekend. Make it the best you can. If you have children, do something with those wonderful children. Give them hugs. Tell them love them. Tell them you are proud of them. And don't sugarcoat it. Find a reason to be proud of them. And thank you again. We'll talk next time. Until then, talk to you later.